This is exactly right. <laughs> are you leaving or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter how much baggage you claim. Give us a time and date. Terminal and gate. We want to send you off in style. We want to welcome you back home. Tell us all about it. Were you scared or was it fine? Welcome to Do You Need a Ride? This is Chris Fairbanks. And this is Karen Kilgariff. We are not in a car. We're at home still because we're still responsible. Still at home. Still, there's still a pandemic, everybody. Stop pretending that there's not. There, uh, most of the bars in my neighborhood have opened up at some level. They're getting uh, closed, though. Yeah, and now they're probably going to have to close. It's, they're going to have to. Yeah, it's, but will they? I saw that in Houston, they uh, they were at 100% capacity with all their ICU, and, yeah. the, and the governor uh, told them to just quit reporting that information because yeah. it looked bad. Yeah, I, I feel like that's the new way to do things is the Donald Trump uh, approach, which is just lie while everyone dies, except for you, who's so rich, you live at the top of a skyscraper in New York City and nothing will ever touch you. Yeah, he's really, I mean, this is no new news, but he's really setting a bad example for humans. I think he's, I feel like he's not as ethical as I would want him Wait, to Wait, what? Really? Our I'm president? sorry. What do you- Look, I- I realize I'm really I'm churning the soup here, but you I might as you. well spit in a veteran's face, Karen. <laughs> it's it's so nightmarishly strange. It's all those people too. like I I was talking to somebody about this where I empathize with those 25 year olds who are like, yeah, I'm not I'm going to go to a bar after three months being by myself and I'm not going to wear a mask and I would stand right next to other people and I'm going to pretend that the world is not going the way it's going. That's what I would have done at age 25 and in my yeah. full blown blackout alcoholism. Yeah. It's not like I'm judging those people, but they are killing people because of that uh, denial and a substance abuse issue. Yeah. And I mean, my, my nephew is 19 and he's like, Nope, I'm staying home playing video games and he should be out kissing girls, but he's responsible. So some young it. people are being, being great yeah there's there's some but but they still man those pictures of bars where people are just it's such uh you know isn't there like five it's like five stages of denial we have to now tack on the 2020 version there's six where it's like anger right uh where it's like anger depression was in there depression's in there and then acceptance is the last one and now we have to tack on uh giving up 
putting your fingers in your ears and yelling la 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 at a bar during a pandemic. Yeah, Is yeah. That, that's the new thing. Did you see Sammy Hagar? His example was, uh, I, I'm, I think I'm willing to die for the economy. He said, basically, he said, back in the, you know, our grandparents died in the war for to fight for our freedom. It's time for everyone to risk their lives for. Uh, the, economy. the economy, which is American freedom, according to him. Like, he's just <laughs> saying this from a bar stool in Mazatlan or wherever he makes his tequila and falls off a stool every night. Yeah, he's saying that from his uh, from his lawyer's office where he's signing LLC papers because he has a probably 15 companies that are directly impacted by people not going to bars. It's like my but my automatic margarita maker yeah, <laughs> isn't yeah. being sold and my salt company isn't my margarita salt company yeah. isn't flourishing. I mean, talk about uh, conflict of interest. Yeah. Sammy, Sammy. And, and you have to be drunk to enjoy any of his Van Halen songs. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. But then if you're drunk enough that right now that can really get it be an anthem that gets you through the night oh yeah there's a reason coca-cola or pepsi used it <laughs> in that commercial one of those slow-mo cans smashing into each other i was right in now style i was in mazatlan for uh it was like a a furlough during a cruise you get to be in mazatlan for four hours and uh, I really was wanting to see Sammy Hagar there somewhere because that's or no, it was Cabo, Cabo San Lucas, Cabo yeah. Wabo Tequila. Cabo I Wabo. guess he really lives there. And I I was looking for him because I just wanted to push him off a stool. I saw a picture of him recently when he did make that announcement that he was willing to die uh, for the economy, which just means he wants you to die for the economy. Right. Not that he's going to do anything. But yeah. He's willing is, to be the middleman to killing your grandma is basically he, what he's saying. He wants to open the die door and have <laughs> you walk through it. Uh, he has different hair now, so he is very much not the. He's definitely not the 72. 80s. That. Yeah. Yeah. God, the world lo- just keeps turning. He looks like a, a woman who would be angry at a Joanne Fabrics. <laughs> yeah. Now, what, what I felt the vibe I was getting from him as opposed to before when he was kind of like, he looked like the bad boy at the tire store. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's, now, it, now he's yelling cause they don't have the buttons he wants. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my zebra print? I, I've spent a lot of money at this store, Joanne. You know, I sew my own tight pants. How am I supposed to do high kicks? Well, we know that was kind of David Lee Roth's thing. That was his thing. No one looked to you for any kind of gymnastics the way DLR did it. Also, David Lee Roth isn't out there telling people to die for the economy. Another reason why you should have only liked the first Van Halen and not the second one. Totally. Totally. He never would do that. Yeah, we can trust Diamond Dave. I do. <laughs> I Wait, saw him. I saw him at uh at the Hollywood Bowl a couple oh. years ago, and he was he David Lee Roth ripped off his shirt and he was ripped, and then he had two racing stripes on his body, uh, tattooed, <laughs> filled with koi fish, <laughs> and he had like this 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 robe this this uh, kimono kimono. Thank you. Uh, kimono 
I yeah. <laughs> kimono. That's a rope for ladies. I like to add the uh Kimona is a girl that works at the theater. Uh he's trying to get backstage and meet David Lee Roth. Right, right. Oh yeah. He was telling a lot of scandalous stories that he probably shouldn't have told. You know that little gap between the uh rainbow room and the and the key club? We weren't back there smoking cigarettes, y'all. <laughs> it was something else going on back there. Yeah. I'm talking about sex stuff. This one's called Panama. He really and everyone's like, Whoa, he was Whoa! admitting a lot of uh indiscretions, but meanwhile, it if you would just go to the other side of the rainbow room. There's a beautiful Hilton right there. You would not have to be in the alley to have your sex. Right. You can just throw out two, $250, you fucking rich bitch, and go get that poor woman a room and some privacy. Yeah, yeah. Things have gotten a lot easier for the rockers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's why they built up Sunset Strip the way they did. I had a, I had a meeting across the street with uh, my commercial agent i think they're still my commercial agent commercials don't happen anymore but they probably still have that <laughs> office and i i was early so i went to the rainbow room and and sat next to lemmy from motorhead because he used to always uh, be there shit. and i had like three or four drinks the guy from puddle of mud was there <laughs> and and uh i it got uh, oh his wife used to work for Fuel TV, when I worked for Fuel TV. Lemmy's and, wife? No, I'm sorry. Lemmy was there, and then also this guy from Puddle, Puddle of Mud. Puddle of Mud. Okay, okay. And then I said, oh, she brought in that heavy metal sword. There was a sword that had, in the in the handle, it had... Remember Heavy Metal, that animated? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was a commemorative sword from that that was seven <laughs> feet long, and she brought it in for some promotional photo shoot. They were going to yes. make billboards. Uh, at the Fox lot. So we just based it around this sword. And and I said, and he got really upset. And he's like, that's my sword. That's one of the reasons we got a divorce is she never gave me that sword back. <laughs> Can you help me get that sword back? And I pretended to like text people. It was, he was very upset. And I, he's someone that's been in and out of jail. Uh, anyway, so I nervously drank and showed up for my commercial, like to meet, possible new agents and i was intoxicated i know that yeah. i don't like to that's where the story went but i'm just telling the truth karen no i like it i it, I, I just want to say well there's so much to that story i love that <laughs> all of it happened before like basically before seven o'clock because you still went to a commercial agent meeting yeah it was <laughs> around insane. noon but yes yes <laughs> all that was happening at noon but uh, when i worked at the movie theater in sacramento um on saturday night the midnight show was in one theater it was rocky horror in another theater it was quadrophenia and then the third theater it was heavy metal and then the best part was beforehand these three very disparate groups and cliques of people would be standing there trying to order popcorn and be so high and so drunk and it would be the mods with their you know, their bangs and their like bomber jackets. And then it yeah. would be the fucking stoner metal dudes. Then they all had long hair and they looked exactly like their girlfriends. And then it was the Rocky Horror people who no one wanted to interact with or deal with in any way. Yeah. And yeah. It was what, my favorite. That, that was uh, were they already throwing toast and all those things, the interactive yeah. things you do while watching Rock or Rocky Horror? It was. Yeah, yeah it was. Replay. It, was fully, it wasn't it when was, the yeah, movies it was the knew. 90s. Yes, yes. No, no, no. It was the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> 
But it was a, I, I would go in and watch, just like stand in the back on my breaks and watch each one. And it definitely heavy metal was the group I was more into, except that movie is very, cause it's from the eighties, right? It's like the early eighties. And yeah. so the animation is, you can almost see the individual cells as it yeah. cracks. Like, you know, you're flying on an Eagle through space, but you yeah. can kind of see how they made it a little bit. It, was, yeah. it made me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> And it was super kind of dirty, but there wasn't really a plot. Yeah, there's nudity in it. It's just a long uh, video, music video. Yeah. That's all it is. But at one point, a sword gets raised up a little bit like He-Man style or She-Ra. I don't know. Well, I have a photo and we can add it to the... uh, I have a photo of me with that sword. It is majestic. Let's add it. Yes. Is, is Lemmy in the photo anywhere, like even a shoulder or no? His hair? I, he was really sweet, though. I mean, he, he, I think he died shortly after that. But uh, <gasps> wait, he, so you did you talk to him? Oh, yeah. He's just Judah. there's an outdoor bar there. And I'm just like, Motorhead, I like I like your band. Like, <laughs> and he's like, thanks a lot. What's your name? He was just really sweet. I He was the kindest. <laughs> That's and, the best way to do it, because you're not going Lemmy Munster or whatever his last name was. You're not basically <laughs> acting like a super fan that's going to be high pressure and annoying. You're basically like casual fan that's also down to party. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Yeah. And I think he had a pint glass of uh, Jägermeister or I or it was Coca-Cola. <laughs> I don't know if he was sober, but he was very oh, sweet. Right. Yeah. Could he have could Lemmy have been sober? I, I think imagine. he was. I think he was on a health kick and then, you know, just got some gift from god cancer or something i don't think he died of drinking yeah i wonder if he was playing at the whiskey or the roxy that night and like was just hanging out at the rainbow no killing time he just i i was looking for him because i heard he was just a fixture there and sure enough i'm like i'm going in here to see if lemmy is here and he was the only one there <laughs> it was the middle of the day. He was having. Uh, I think he was he made, the bar back. Yeah, he was like washing some glasses. He had an apron yes. on. He's like order up, and he had French fries. Now, can I tell? I'm going to try to trump your story because that actually is the best at Hollywood bar story I think I've heard so far. Oh, like good, that's good. That's the best star sighting, in my opinion, in terms of true legitness and like who's cooler than Lemmy? No, no one. And the fact that I was looking for him and found him. Yes. Adds credit. <laughs> because also he's findable. And then once you find him, you have to act correctly around him for him to want to party with you. And you did it. Like you basically got all the way through that video game. Congratulations. Yeah. 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 I got all the way to the end and saved the princess. <laughs> you did. You got the fucking sword up in the air. <laughs> yeah, I did. You did. But well, my story was that we were at the Coach and Horses back when it was just a straight up dive bar uh-huh. it had a, it had a pool table did you ever go there in the 90s I, or 2000s where i i remember it existing but no i never went there the t- the pool table was too close to the right hand wall so you had to use a shortened pool cue if you had to shoot from that side <laughs> it was that kind of bar oh that's great and one time we got drunk there in the afternoon went during the malibu mudslides of 95 or 6 and we were super drunk watching just the entire mountainside pour onto the one uh-huh. and uh i and then something came on and it was sharon stone it was the height of sharon stone time and sharon stone was on tv and i was like i'm sick of looking at her and i was just being bitchy about sharon stone and talk shit and the bartender told me to shut up 
<laughs> the, bar- the bartender was this woman named Ginger. She's legendary. And she she wore sunglasses inside a very dark bar all the time. And she was super drunk along with everybody else. And um, she, she was just kind of like this old gal behind the bar. And when I talked shit about Sharon, so she's like, shut up. She's a friend of mine. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, she probably knew her. She's her neighbor or something. <laughs> Hell, yeah. It was really funny. That was she. Ginger taught me my that first lesson of like, if you want to talk shit about people in Hollywood, you got to do it quiet and just to one person because people are listening. Yeah. Also, bartenders hear everything. Yeah. You think yeah. they don't. But, but they usually are. they. They keep it on the QT. They don't tell you to shut up to your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I like that. They wouldn't do that. I loved at- it. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. Oh, but the, that wasn't the story. The story was we would go there often uh-huh. uh, to drink after comedy shows and stuff. And one night, Ray Davies from the Kinks was there. Oh, wow. Uh, it was either Ray Davies or Dave Davies. And they were they got so drunk by the end of the night, they fell off the bar stool. Oh, that's It was amazing. Perfect. I wouldn't have recognized him myself. But I every- wouldn't. Everybody that I was with was flipping like all the there was a my friend Laura's boyfriend, Mike, Mike King, the greatest guy uh, who was also a great guitarist himself immediately was like, holy shit, Ray Davies is here. Like, this is insane. And everybody got to kind of like quietly and calmly party along with Ray Davies or Dave Davies. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe they're it, on the other side, further up the street going west. Isn't that where Mark Mother's boss? famous recording studio is that round green building the oh yeah 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 that used that used to be near bullwinkle and rocky yeah statue. that's why there's always rock stars around there because i guess people record there god i love hollywood and stars isn't it cool <laughs> one day i'm gonna get in my car and rediscover it all <laughs> go a little further and there's the car wash that I th- <laughs> Milton Martinez kickflipped off into a bank. <gasps> you <gasps> love Milton. <laughs> <There's-> <laughs> Milton Martinez, everybody. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Let's talk Damn. about the hits. Let's t- <laughs> let's talk about great moments on the Dinar podcast. I felt normal the other night. You and I uh, did the- played Quiplash. Yeah. And uh it was streamable, I guess. People could watch it. But it it felt afterwards I was like on a little bit of a high for yeah. 24 hours because I felt like I had been at a party with fun people. Yeah, entire. I loved that group of people. Yeah. Everyone was so fucking fun. I mean, like I started getting very competitive about joke writing because I just I, not so much that I wanted to win the game. I wanted to show the other people in that group because it was you and me. Gareth Reynolds of the Dollop, Chase Bernstein, legendary stand-up comic Chase yeah. Bernstein, Sh- um, Shuela Sharp, Sharp, who's an amazing New York comic. She might—I don't think she has a podcast. And Jay, I—I I had never met Jay before. What was his last name? He was um, sweet and funny. I—the first thing I want to say is Jay Johnson, but that's because right, I it was Jay, with, and then a Jay. It was a—it was a Jay though. Yeah, yeah. It might be a, J- a Jameson. I. It yeah, was the Jay Jameson, Jay Jason, Jay Jason. No, <laughs> Jay Jacobs, the first name in fashion. Remember, the, remember that store from the eighties? Yes. Hold on, but yes. we can't. I think there's still a Jay Jacobs in the Southgate Mall in Missoula. <laughs> For real? Yeah, I, I would think... kill to go there. I would kill to go there. <laughs> they warned us to not play the game on our phones, and I, I wasn't sure why, because I'm like, I think I type better on the phone, and it's right in front of me. 
But I learned a l- the reason I kept swiping the game off. I did it twice. It was embarrassing. Uh, but I got in the habit of it because someone told me that if you get rid of all the open uh, apps on your phone, it'll run more smoothly. And oh, so I'm just in the habit of of throwing away pages, and I did it twice. I threw yeah. the game away. But I swear I was doing pretty well. I was happy with my joke writing. Yo, yeah, I, you were killing it. And Your then I threw it away. I, I threw it away. I just, just so people know, this is a game. It's called Quip League. And it's hosted by Louis Katz. And a, who do you know the co-host? His name's Greg. And uh, I think Grant. His last name. Yeah, Grant. Uh, oh, his first name's Grant? Shit. Yeah. Sorry, Grant. Grant with a G, right? Two yeah. G's? Louis Katz and Grant G. <laughs> he was great. They were great hosts. They were great. Like, that it felt, yeah. The production value, it was great. But I mean, if only we had jokes. that kind, that level of production value on this podcast. <laughs> Don't but, hurt Stephen's feelings. No, no. Um, I mean, they had interstitial. There was graphics and music. <laughs> I know it's. I was pointing Never. the finger at myself. I know there's I video was, proof that there's I was three pointing back at you when yeah. I point at myself. Hey, you. I know you. I know you. <laughs> Like Kichigumi. Um, <laughs> that part. Uh, we know uh, what we're talking about. That game, though, I was like, it was really funny because we had a great time. Great jokes were written. Hilarious callbacks. Wonderful interactions. Whatever. Chase Bernstein ended up winning it. But at the end, when we all said goodnight, thanks for being here, we went offline for the audience. But the all the comics stayed on for like five minutes. We sit, we're saying goodbye for five minutes. Yeah, it was, yeah. I did not want it to end. Me too. Yeah. yeah, and that's what felt cool. Is everyone yes. everyone was enjoying themselves, and it's like okay, I'm so used to using Zoom, which is how we were communicating with each other on there, and how we're doing this right now. We're yeah. Uh, Zoom is making money during this thing, but yes, uh, they are. But. When you do a comedy show that way, there isn't usually a hangout afterwards, and it felt the same or as close as I can find to an actual party. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, because there was enough people that like we I didn't know that well, but still was like, this is interesting or this is, you know, like we can all kind of socialize. Yeah. And everyone was definitely like, I just it just felt like everyone was trying to write their best jokes and so was the most hilarious mm-hmm. but i just so you know i did a thing where a couple times where i was just staring at my phone and staring at like people's answers so like i didn't vote on who i wanted yeah to yeah i did that a i couple missed times. cues yep. so many times because you so missed you lost points when you didn't vote even <laughs> yes because yeah the more popular answer you would get credits if you vote for that it's really fun it's called quiplash this game Play it Quiplash with, and and the game, the hosted friends. version is Quip League. So right. those guys like it's it's cool because everyone's doing versions of this kind of like it's an online game night and you can come and watch it or yeah. whatever. But and half of I, them were from New York. Like we were just yeah yeah hanging out. It's yeah that was the best part. It's yeah. like got to be that online comedy shows get to book such a such a better mix of people because it's it can be anywhere yeah. it can be if you're looking you, for a silver lining about the end of comedy <laughs> it's first of di- all it's the end of comedy yeah and the, that's great the geographic diversity of zoom shows yeah you could be doing a show with someone from budapest <laughs> the no longer can you use the excuse i can't book p- comics from budapest because they're on the wrong time frame yeah yeah um, nope 
Not anymore. I was, yeah, I was, it, so we all, I shut my laptop and I was like, that was fun. And I started playing music and I mixed up a, a drink and I kept the party going. And then I just, <laughs> you know, I set up silhouettes and I was interacting with them. I was, it was, I was having a real Macaulay Coke Culkin in Home Alone. God, that was hard to say, but you know what I'm yeah. saying. It felt like you were trying to say you were doing coke and <laughs> pretending you were Macaulay Culkin. I got, uh, no, I got no more Culkin. cocaine in my life. <laughs> the hangovers are that. too harsh. <laughs> Only reason. <laughs> Not after Lemmy died. No, Maybe. no. That was his one word of wisdom. One word. <laughs> I'm drinking coke, but you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, it uh, was fun. I, uh, it was good. Can was I tell fun. you about I, something I did today? Please. I I went skateboarding early in the morning and met with my. Uh, was Milton there? Uh, no, no. It's a okay. forty and up crew. Uh, oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's funny. This this friend of ours, Sarah, who skates with us, she made these cool. signs that girl skater cool. Yeah, yeah. She's the coolest, and she made these signs that say, "Drive like your parents are skateboarding here." That look like the drive like your kids live here signs Uh, because cars once that costco opens cars are just really they're gunning to go get toilet paper i guess yeah (laughs) and yeah and it it's a slow skateboarding zone like there's all these old guys skateboarding (laughs) that are stuck in the gardening like the planters around there and people obey them yeah they they see them it's become and the maintenance guy from costco comes by and says hi to us and it's great. It's uh, how early do you go again? Like seven in the morning? Yeah, seven a.m. Yeah. Do you are there any skate Bettys that sit there and watch you skate at seven in the morning? No, no, not not yet. But it's catching on. Word is out there. There's the the whole parking lot is a buzz. <laughs> <laughs> I skate Bettys and then also skate Billies. I don't know what's the well, boy yeah. That's the cool thing now is just there are a lot of uh, women skateboarding there. I uh, every day. Uh, not every day, but I've seen a lot of women skating with us, and they're every good. Every day of, of my life, I see women skating. Yeah, it's a new. I if that. Oh man, my youth would have been differently if women were involved. I think that goes. Uh, that's the case for pretty much every aspect of anyone's life. If they just would have let some women in, things right. would have gone much better. Right, much different, much better. Now, Chris, would you be able to know if the guy who Remember the guy who was skating up Western and turned around on his board and gave me the old salute? I, I wonder if he's skating with you in the morning because he wasn't young. Oh, when I oh, I wasn't with you. That was another skate sighting. He yes, just, that was yeah. I just told the story on the show, but I was driving up Western. There was it was miraculously empty somehow. Yeah. And there was a guy on a skateboard, a longboard going up the street and he turned around. He heard my car coming turned around on his board and saluted me as I as I like Just, went around to pass him. I'm not surprised. Gentlemen. Yeah. I, I truly chivalrous. Beautiful. Uh, I did a uh, I did a peaceful protest skate from the Vista Theater uh, to my neighborhood with all these kids and they everyone had a mask and they were uh you know, they weren't being defiant in any way. I thought I was a little worried about hundreds of skateboarders getting together. I thought maybe someone would spray paint or kick over a trash can. No. Or do a kind of de- like dirty, rotten imbeciles thing. Yeah, there. yeah a DRI. Oh, that, I'm so glad that you referenced that logo. Me up. That was my that was one of my early um, 
very early exposure to punk rockers and punk was a kid that I went to camp with named Chris Johansson, who's I'm sure now like a dad or whatever, but he was the coolest when we were like 12 years old and yeah. he had a dirty, he had a DRI sticker. Yeah. And he brought a skateboard to camp, which is like, where are you on pine needles or on that dirt patch? Oh, like, I bought, you I bought the album cause it was called thrash zone. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was were like, were they skate specific? DRI? I think thrash was, there was like a, when a version of heavy metal and punk rock merging, I think is what thrash metal was. Oh, okay. But thrashing was skateboarding, or right. that was the magazine. So that's why I bought it. So that, that was the first, it was like Stand By Me soundtrack, Stevie Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> dire Straits, and then I fucking I bought I bought DRI and George Michael Faith on the same purchase. <laughs> Was DRI this band that sings "Take the Skinheads Bowling"? Take the Skinheads Bowling. Take that bowling. Remember I that don't. Band? That sounds more like a Dead Kennedys song or something. I don't know. True. I'm gonna look it up. It was all it was all like songs about coffins and stuff. It was like trying <laughs> to be really morbid. Take the skinheads bowling. So I, that was their big solution. I went skating and then I came came home and I I took a shower and and then I put on the same pants because they weren't that sweaty. But I couldn't find my underwear and I'm <laughs> out of underwear. I have three giant bags of laundry. I've gone two months without oh, doing laundry. without doing laundry because I'm scared Chris. to go to the laundromat. And the last time I paid to have it done, it was like a hundred dollars. Yeah, it's my, expensive. So I was like, I've. I've just waited until I was out of underwear and I was on my last pair this morning. So I put on the pants. I'm like, where's that underwear? And I went down to get a coffee and the underwear was still in the pants. They were like in the <laughs> pant leg. And I walked down there. And once I got down by families, my underwear was hanging out of the cuff of my pants. It had fallen down my leg. And it was so obviously underwear. Yes. And I, there's no denying it. Was I just there. snatched it and grabbed it and put it in my pocket real quick and looked around. I don't think anyone saw, but <laughs> I just had underwear hanging out of my pants. Oh, it was the best. That is, this is the most embarrassing. I, first of all, let me, two things. Um, when you finally do laundry, please wash all those clothes in hot. Because uh, two months worth of being in a bag is going to have made dirty clothes even dirtier. You are very right. And okay. also, uh, uh, just a little up update on my my the bites on my penis. I think we're <laughs> we're bed bugs. Uh, <laughs> oh no! So no. yeah, I I put on I gassed my room with a a, a flea bed bug bomb thing, and I didn't find any on my mattress. But yes, I'm washing those sheets. And I'm going to do a great job and it's going to be hot water. And don't uh, be afraid to hit that sanitize button because that's what that's for on a on an industrial. Washing seriously? Machine. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. never Get I never there. hit the button. It's really intimidating. Don't don't be afraid. It's there for you for that reason. <laughs> it's just going to use the hottest possible water and you throw some bleach in there, whatever you need to do. Wait, what was my second point? It well, was... they're bright red sheets, so it would be a classic situation where I turn all my whites pink. Oh, and I'll then you're, separate. Oh, it threaten your manhood. Oh, <laughs> no. What if the skate boys saw that you had a pink shirt on? Oh, oh that's what I was going to say. I was going to tell you that this is not my story. It's my friend Bradford's story, but it made me laugh so hard. He was um, a producer on the Bonnie um, Hunt, Bonnie Hunt talk show. Uh -huh. And Bonnie Hunt used to be a nurse. So she had this thing. She was very against. And uh, I actually was told this when in my teens or whatever. 
very against people using fabric softener on dryer sheets because dryer sheets, the chemicals that they use to make the static cling go away is actually this coating um, that they have linked. Uh, not, I'm not sure what the actual studies are or whatever, but they have linked to different kinds of cancer. That oh, it's like Teflon or something. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's not for human skin consumption, so it's really bad for you. So at one point, they got onto this topic and apparently uh, Bonnie Hunt kind of lectured everybody like you ha- you cannot use that. Da, 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 da. And she's, uh-huh. she's I think she's Irish Catholic. I'm pretty sure she is because she reminds me of my family so much where yeah. it's like if we have a belief, we we are going to tell you about it. Now it's going to be your belief. And if you don't adapt our belief, you're going to get in trouble. Is yeah, essentially yeah. the kind of uh, uh, outlook that she has, which. I love and it comforts me, but I, a lot of people don't like it. What so anyway, do, she I know she is very funny, but what is yes. who is what is Bonnie Hunt famous for? She's been like the mother, the sister. She's blonde. She's an actress. She's been in a ton of stuff. She's been on tons of TV shows. She originally, I believe, was from Second City, Chicago. Okay. She's a famous Chicago actress. Um, so she was like in uh jerry Maguire. she was renee zellweger's sister sure. i think like i think i just know from the bonnie hunt show how funny she was she's hilarious yeah, i mean she's yeah. truly hilarious she yeah. was also a mini driver's friend or sister or something in um, circle of boys <laughs> <laughs> kissing cars and boys kiss circle of friends Circle no, of Friends. Return to me the one where um Circle of Boys is the porno version that they made afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go stand in that circle of boys. It's still heartwarming. Did you ever see the David Duchovny movie where Minnie Driver got a heart transplant and it turns out it was the donated heart of David Duchovny's uh dead wife and then they fall in love? Is it because called, if you haven't uh, Is it Untamed Heart? It's, no. no, no, that's the Christian Slater one. I yeah, think. he got a heart transplant from a monkey and it made him throw his shit yeah. at everyone. <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> oh, this untamed heart of mine. <laughs> it makes me want to shit into my own hand all yeah. the time. I wish they could tame it. But the the payoff of the of the Bonnie Hunt story is that one of the producer, my friend was a producer on her talk show and she had given this speech very passionately and very like aggressively, like, do not use this, whatever. Yeah. And one day they're in her office and something had gone wrong. So everybody was getting an earful. You know, it was like a very tense meeting. And then my friend Bradford looked over and their EP had a dryer sheet sticking out of the bottom of his pants. And so they're like, they left him. They had to make sure she didn't see it before the end of the meeting, like basically making a bad meeting go even worse. Oh my God. And they had to like sneak the dryer sheet out of the meeting. It was hilarious. All the things he could have dangling from his pants. He (laughs) wished it was underwear. It was just a little paper that said, this is your pet peeve. (laughs) I've not, I've not given it any regard. I oh. love her though. I'm truly her. That I wasn't didn't mean that as a shitting on her. She cared. That's why. No, yeah, no. I, that's that's what I, I gathered from it. I'm gonna see if Bonnie Hunt shows on Hulu or Netflix or but like a lot of things are hidden from the menu. You have to type it in. I if anyone from Hulu is listening, I've recently because of the TV show The Great, which if you haven't seen it, the one about Catherine the Great that has uh, Dakota Fanning's little sister in it. Oh, Elle sure. Fanning. Sure. And doesn't it have the grown up boy from About, about a Boy? boy. Yep. Yeah. Nic- Nicholas Holt, I think his name yeah. is. It's so good. 
it's such a good show. It's a period piece, so it's amazing to look at, whatever. But I hadn't really ever done a lot with Hulu before that. And the in the interface on Hulu is infuriating. Yeah, it, it really is. is. Like, I don't understand why it's so bad. Yeah, it it's hard to find anything. It's just like, hey, here's our suggestions. You want to look yeah. for something? Here's Too a terrible. Yeah, and the, here's our <laughs> keyboard. It's real fucked up. Like it's <laughs> really hard to type things into it. Yeah, Hulu is is, uh, and you got to watch commercials even if you're paying. Yeah. Well, no, I'm on a level where I don't have any commercials. Oh, you got Hulu Live. Hulu Rich. <laughs> Hulu Max. <laughs> but but I was watching Hunderbee, which is a hilarious British um have you watched that? It's like a fake British be old 70s BBC series, but it's like it's Julia Davis who's that woman from God, she's so fucking funny. She's had her own show. <laughs> you dropped your stress mattress. I I, th- I threw my stress mattress on the ground. Um Hunter B, watch it. But they Hunger B, like uh, Hunter H U N D E R. Hunder. Okay. Yeah. And it's like it's like a British uh, period piece of like a girl that washes up on shore and then joins this rich family. And it's so funny. Julia Davis plays the crazy maid. It's really good and it's crazy, like dirty and inappropriate. And there's really weird shit in it. And it's so and it's like, but it's everyone's talking like it's a, a old school period piece. British BBC show. It's so good. I've been, uh, I put my special on, it, it's out and it's on Vimeo on demand. And a lot of Do You Need a Ride people have been uh, watching it and sending me messages and it makes nice. me feel great. That's amazing. So thank you to people who've been watching it. The end. We gave it a shout out at, in, during our last episode but we didn't say what where what website it was from. yeah because you wouldn't know yeah the weird gnarly thing is hard to remember but people if yeah. you google i mean if you just chris fairbanks special it's like the second thing that shows up so if they really want to see it they'll find and it, i think I we think. put the link in right, yes the link, is, the link was on the website oh the weird, great the, well the thanks gnarly, for doing yeah. that yeah, of, of course. course. Yeah, We're so, we it, believe in you. We have the sweet. Thank you. <laughs> it's just the sweetest people. I I've always like when I was opening for Daniel Tosh or uh, the times I've opened for Doug Stanhope or you know these are people I admire. They're that they have this audience and they're great comics. But I, it's usually like the people that go to comedy shows are usually drunk dudes. Yeah, and. The audience that we have for this podcast that are going to my shows, I'm like so lucky that I, I haven't acquired them from being a comic or you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, yeah, from my dick jokes that I tell. It's the best. <laughs> I love it. I've, I promise I'm going to be the kind of comic you want in the future. <laughs> but look, I think everyone loves a dick joke as long as it's kind of justified. Like, yeah, you're not. D- Georgia actually mentioned the parents walking in on you masturbating to uh, yes. as one of her favorites it's not a standard you're you're playing with the form it's not just playground comedy like right. some like some people seem to need to do yeah you're doing other things it's smart playground comedy that's what i'm <laughs> shooting for 
you're the nerd section of the playground. Yes, where the yes. Book, where the book types are making <laughs> yes. dirty jokes, and that's I'm that's what I'm the girls with those like. kids, making them laugh, pretending I also read. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my bookshelf. <laughs> Haven't cracked but, one of them in a year. I mean, it's but it's also nice because comedy is a very hostile environment, usually for women. Seventy percent of the time, you're going to check on, like, click into something, and whether the comic is a man or a woman, you're going to get some shitty, "Hey, ladies, you only care about shopping or whatever." And and so it is nice to be able to point to people toward comics who are like, "You're going to like this. You're going to be happy that you participated." It's funny you bring that up because I I felt like. There's, you know, when we were originally going to put this thing out, it was during George Floyd's memorial, and it just wasn't the right time to be promoting a thing. And then, right, and then all these growing numbers of women are talking about terrible male comics that are sexually aggressive and rapists. And yeah. and then I'm, it's like, is there ever going to be a good time for me to be? <laughs> I mean, I want people to watch the special, and I don't think there's a bad time to ever watch comedy and and not think about what's going on in the world. But when it comes to like promoting it on my social media, where we should be talking about the important things going on, and I'm like, hey, everyone, it just felt <laughs> gross. And I try to balance it out with uh, links to petitions and things that I care yeah. about that are happening right now, stagger it a little bit, but I have been confronted if anyone's been disappointed about me just promoting my comedy special, <laughs> know that I've been doing it uneasily. Uh, but, but I want but, people to watch it so badly. Yes. It just You've been feels, waiting a long time to yeah, release it. And yeah. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's time. It's a more nuanced conversation. But, but I think that everybody, what I really like about that whole, this whole movement that is, you know, it's completely just got underway and is now going. That's, first of all, that's the cool thing. It's not, a stop a stop start thing it basically everybody had the good sense and and i think listened to black people enough to go okay it's not about us right now it's not about our reaction to this even just everyone pull back and let and like amplify voices and let's listen to what people want and what is actually happening as opposed to here's how i process it i think my black friends would want me to promote my comedy it's like no 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 yeah just go just back it the fuck up be like homer simpson going into the bush <laughs> and then lift lift other people's voices up and let's prioritize this as it is life or death <laughs> It is a life or death situation for black people and let them have the floor. Right. Get some shit out there. Let's focus in a meaningful way. And I think, you know, it. that's the reason that there has been traction and that things have begun at least to change a little bit. And I see it uh, tapering off a little bit, but I have been impressed with how it's still going and people are still talking about it and it's still important to everyone. And it's been really really cool and all yeah. the more reason that i feel weird to oh speaking of my special we <laughs> there is a scene there is a moment where we did try and do me backing into a bush because i oh, right yes yeah yeah and we, it didn't it isn't in the beginning but it's in the outtakes at the end we cut out a little shape for me to hide <laughs> in the hedge and then put bushes in front of me so i could emerge from this bush after i do my karate kick and uh, it's very funny. So, uh, but anyway, but that's just one of the many Easter eggs <laughs> that you'll find when you yeah. watch Chris Fairbanks Rescue Cactus. Rescue Cactus. <laughs> Can you just say what the other name was going to be? It was going to be called Cat Dicks. 
<laughs> no, the other one. <laughs> uh, you had a couple that had made it to the. Oh final. yeah, yeah. Bad timing. But I I loved bad timing because then I did, it really turned out to be bad timing. Right. Yes. I just got overwhelmed with the idea that people would think I was saying I have bad comedic timing. You should watch <laughs> my comedy. Yes, but then your lower expectations, then everyone likes it no matter what. Yes. I mean, but I look, I tried to argue this already. I know. I like bad I like bad timing too. I you know, I don't know if I picked the best title, but it's just a title. It's just where it, I wanted, it doesn't matter. I wanted it to be a standout collection of two words. <laughs> and I thought maybe bad timing would be like, uh, oh, self deprecating, we get it. Or if I called it not funny or Yes. A not no, very, I a not very special special. It's like, <laughs> no. wink, wink, maybe you won't like it. I didn't want to play that game. That so. is kind of lame. You're, I totally agree. And also, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's like if it's a restaurant that serves the best and most beautiful food, it doesn't matter how the sign is painted. And so basically, when you get into the Chris Fairbanks special, if Rescue Cactus gets you there or just the amazing artwork, I, I haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> You when you get in there, you will have a full seven course meal of wonderful comedy and experiences. Thank you, Karen. Yeah, it's I like, true. I like comparing it to food conversations. <laughs> I like, you know, I'm a snob. You know, comedy means the world to me. Um, I wouldn't be friends with you or do a podcast with you if you weren't the funniest person. So, oh, thank you, Karen. You really are. So I think people can. They know. They know. After all this time with this podcast exactly what you can do and how you do it and that's they, why they show up when you come to their town it's yeah and i'm and i will say it again i love it we have the best fans it really that's the last i'll say of it we have the best fans who support they're like they like to support it's yeah. not it's like whether you're doing stand-up it's like we used to have um big groups of people that would come to that improv show me, yeah me and april hosted that show and we would make chris headline every time because <laughs> it was one less person we had to book every show but yeah we had a great and they were in in the beginning they were clearly a podcast audience yeah they didn't laugh out loud and they had to learn over a couple months of like oh this is how you're a live comedy audience I, i've kind of gotten used to it i just look out and i see that they're all listening and they're happy but yeah they're politely they don't want to get uh reprimanded at work still even yeah, though they're at a comedy club <laughs> exactly <laughs> they've been they've trained themselves to basically uh while they're doing their data processing job not <laughs> not get in trouble and pretend that they're focusing so totally yeah. but it's great it's like the there's nothing more exciting and I mean, we've talked about this before, but it's like it us when when my favorite murder went on the road and we had like screaming fans that were going insane. It was the most satisfying, beautiful gift of all the gifts that that podcast has brought to my life. The live show gift that that was a dream come true that I thought I was never going to get to do again, because to get to play theaters that size you have to be like a road comic for 25 years that I couldn't. Yeah. When I did the road, I was like, this is going to break me mentally. I'm also going to drink myself into the hospital, which I did. Yeah. And I was like, I can't handle it. So it was like, it was a huge dream and live performance is my very favorite that I just had to get rid of. So like this pod, that, that podcast enabled me to go back to doing this thing. And like the idea that then you get to have some too, because I know that like, that's your best because we're the same that way. Yeah, like, yeah. Live shows are the that 
for comics, that's the real drug. Like that's the good stuff. And I haven't had it for a while, and it's hard. It it's it's not replaceable. Uh, but I'm just looking forward to when I have it again. But yes, that's the point. I I didn't mean to talk shit about Doug Stanhope's crowd or. No, but, no, no. But it is there. If I it's was well crowd, known because yeah. I used to be on Punked or something, or uh, you know, like the time I I I was all excited to open for Dave Attell in Houston, and because of that show Insomniac, all these people came over, and he was trying not to drink at the time. He was trying to not kill himself, and they were all handing him Jägermeister yeah. shots, and he'd be like, "Oh, thanks," and then he'd hand it to me, and then I'd. <laughs> I <laughs> uh, was sick until four the next day, but I was like, God, is this what being well known from stand up is? You're like, you're the party guy. Yeah, you know? you're kind of in your box or whatever. So it's like people, the idea that people would be your fans from this show where you get to highlight your like best part of your personality, not even the most presentational stage you know seven minute set personality but your real personality yeah 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 they come to shows and then after the show they want to talk about dollhouses they don't want to <laughs> give me tequila it's great it's gonna save my life it is gonna save my <laughs> <life>. <laughs> should we do take some questions should oh yeah yeah like yeah another I, do you have any any ready? Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Stephen. No, no. I, I mean, oh. I have that doc from last time. There's still plenty of questions. Well, yeah, I like Beautiful. saving it to the end because that's cause... like our act. That's our act two. For yeah, act yeah. one is ketchup, COVID, uh, Milton, Martina. Yeah, we Mil talked about it, Milton. Milton has to get mentioned, and then yes, let's naturally transition into act two first, yes. and then we talk about our dreams for a while. Mm. Old bars, Lemmy. Boom. Here we are. Act two. Q&A. <laughs> Season two, act two. This person, Mad for Sharks, asked, would you rather uh, have finger-sized legs or leg-sized fingers? <laughs> Discuss. <laughs> oh, God. Those are, those are in a dead heat for horrifying. <laughs> Oh my God! I I think finger sized legs, and I I would just cover them up with a blanket because leg sized fingers. Yes, I think leg sized. Unless fingers. you're playing that game where it's a folded up piece of paper and it's a football. <laughs> that I mean, you would be amazing at that. I feel like in these times of COVID nineteen, leg sized fingers enable you to keep social distancing while at the same time poking. Prodding, tickling. That's so gross. Oh, wait, that's so gross. But I think you're doing leg size fingers. The more I've thought about it, you and I both were just thinking of two fingers because there's two legs on a human. It's all your fingers, oh. so you're suddenly a spider. <laughs> well, imagine running with ten legs. No, how your arms are just down and you're sprinting down the road like a like a millipede ew no i don't like any of this and i oh. what's the name of the person that asked that question they were um mad uh, for sharks yeah mad for sharks you it sounds like you're fucking mad for sharks yeah you you lunatic yeah <laughs> that <laughs> wasn't really a, that wasn't a good slam <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what lunatic is there is <laughs> elaine bennis or julia louis dreyfus whether or not you want to live in reality 
when on <laughs> that episode where someone bumped into her and she's like, you lunatic. <laughs> she, it made me laugh so hard. I hadn't heard that word lunatic until that episode of Seinfeld. I she think is since the childhood. Best. She is one of the most unsung like she should be up there with Seinfeld when people think about comedy. I guess she would be now because of Veep, but yeah, yeah, she has been bringing it since the worst season of SNL. Yes, that she was on. She has been bringing it so hardcore. And did you ever see when she was on Mean Tweets on Kimmel, and someone said, "Oh my god, it's so fucking funny." No, they are talking shit about her, uh-huh. and she's reading it and kind of laughing, and then it gets to this point, and she does this laugh that like. It made me love her so much. You just know she's a cool person to hang out with. Could like be- the way she laughed at this slam on her, her and Seinfeld and like it was some random slam. And she uh-huh. thought it was the funniest thing of all time. <laughs> it made me love her. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I, I, uh, she also just reminds me of my sister, Lisa. And so, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, can I, see I that. feel like I sort of know her, but I don't. I don't know. Totally. I don't know. I call her Elaine Bennis, for God's sake. I know. <laughs> She's the shit. Okay. Uh, also, I actually cancel my answer to that first question because I don't want 10 leg-sized fingers on both hands. I think I do. It's, you're horrifying, and you wouldn't have a normal uh, interaction with a person or a sex life or anything, but I would like the idea of just sprinting down the road on my hands. It would, like, your shoulders and upper arm muscles would become gigantic yeah having to deal with them sure it would be bad for your joints and things like that but i just uh i don't i don't like this reality that mad for sharks has put us into (laughs) i'm really mad at mad for sharks. (laughs) that's what he wanted he's just wanted to spark a dialogue and look (laughs) we're talking about it so that makes it art you must be (laughs) okay Moving on. At Sandu13, any reoccurring dreams? I, yes. Do you, do you mind if I go first? Go mind, for This it. isn't, but I, this. <laughs> do you mind if I go first? Do you mind? Because something <laughs> sprang to mind and I like to talk first. Uh, I, I used to have a reoccurring dream that it has to be based, uh, I think it's based on me having convulsions as a baby, but I, had this reoccurring dream where I am in a crib and the the walls are closing in on me and I'm mm-hmm. getting smaller, but the room is getting bigger and bigger. And it was affecting audio. I could hear background noises. And this is going to sound crazy, but it started to happen in real, in while I was awake, background noise. I think there were little anxiety attacks that I was ha- having, but yeah. background, ambient, otherwise background noise would be amplified like when I was taking a test in school and you hear the scratching of pencils all of a sudden it would sound like <laughs> like voices oh yeah and I would have to leave the room and I would have to out loud say go away I thought I was being possessed I think that I was having little panic attacks as a kid maybe sure but it was connected to that crib dream it was the same feeling that I would have in that dream and I thought I was going crazy. I'm like, this is going to be mental illness when I'm a grown up. Looking forward to that. And it just <laughs> kind of went away as I learned to control it. But I, I went to child psychologists. Had, I wonder if you had something in your ear, like that, 
that there was basically something affecting your inner ear. I remember that- a lot of talk of ear infections. I would they would put drops in there all the way up to having a a childhood uh uh counselor talk about my feelings. His name I we've talked about that this. His yeah. name was Richard Cum. K U M M. His name was Dick Cum. But he no. would yes. Yes, very much. Chris, that was his name. I, I promised everyone Google it. that kind of comic, and then <laughs> hey, here you are. It is when it's hidden in a true story. It's okay to say <laughs> someone's name is Dick Cum. It just is. A and, child uh, psychologist too. So yeah, yeah, he, yes, exactly. So everyone that he was seeing was snickering. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, it it gradually went away, but it was a reoccurring crib dream. I so bizarre, and I still sometimes have it. And I think yeah. it's just about anxiety. That makes sense because the walls closing in would definitely yes. indicate and that. And me being in a crib, obviously, it was an early memory based thing. <laughs> I would hope so. Yes, yes. Please assure me that that the crib stuff. When I say early- I got a new bed, or <laughs> I got myself an adult crib. It's this whole world. <laughs> no. I also wear diapers. We're uh, a small group, but we're a strong group. I swear to God, my friend Laura, who was from the story where I talked about drinking and watching the Malibu mudslides, Laura Milligan, God bless uh-huh. her soul. I miss her. Um, she used to be, she moved back to the Bay Area, but um, oh, okay. she, when we would go drinking in the 90s um, and come home at two in the morning, blackout drunk, uh-huh. she would, there was one of like five uh, movies she would put on. And one of them was a documentary about people who are adult babies. Yeah, there are men who dress. Yeah, yeah. And but it looked this movie looked like kind of homemade. And I would it would be that kind of thing where we'd be home and we'd be like, ah, and it's like it's the camera over you. And once I would like come to, I'd be like, we're watching the adult baby thing again. And I would get really <laughs> mad every time where I'm like, turn this off. It's so disgusting. It was so it was so disturbing to learn like about that level of fetishism. Yeah, like, yeah. A, kind of against my will. Um, yeah, because the the diaper, I I mean, not to get gross, but they actually act like babies and utilize said diaper, correct? Yes, someone puts a diaper on them and... And they pop, get changed. They get changed. By a dominatrix or something? Or a nanny. <laughs> someone, <laughs> it's some cross, someone in a leather nanny outfit. <laughs> like, imagine Fran Drescher, but instead of... Moschino plaid. (laughs) Imagine Mrs. Doubtfire in leather. Um, (laughs) And now let us apologize for your imagining that. (laughs) There's no one's ever going to come see us live again. Um, (laughs) That is like a background party video. My friends and I would play that if you're if you're hanging out uh, just in the background. Men in diapers. Yeah, it's it's funny to some people. For me, I was like, I didn't realize I was like, oh, I know about S&M because of like some dumb random movie I've seen. But I didn't realize that the all the side rooms of in that, you know, in the fetishism world that I it was a difficult way to learn. Yeah. (laughs) And a very explicit uh, specific. I'll never forget those men's faces. Anyway, (laughs) my my recurring dream, I would say, and I, I think I've talked about this before, probably on this podcast, but I have. I remember my dreams. They don't have to do anything specific. I remember them often. And my sister and I just had this conversation because she told me we both have it where 
they're dreams we remember and they seem very mediocre or very like kind of standard dream. Oh, I'm in high school. And then my friend keeps talking about you. Why did you ride a horse to school? And I go, I didn't. I look out and there's a horse and you and it keeps coming up and you remember it. And then later on, it happens in real life. And then you and my sister goes, has that ever happened to you? And she was really kind of like keyed up about it. And And that's what deja vu is. (laughs) No, it's different than deja vu because you know, it's from a dream. It's not, Oh, that I just, thought this happened one second ago it's literally the very benign plain old regular life but in a dream dream you it sticks in your mind for some reason and then all of a sudden you're like oh that's weird we i went back to my high school because nora now goes here and we're standing in this thing and then i turn and there's a horse standing there or oh, whatever. literally yeah. literally the thing happens yes yeah. because i think i don't know that my background noise amplified thing necessarily was happening in the crib thing. I think both were just examples of me being stressed out. Yeah. And so I made them about each other. But you're literally saying you had a dream about a horse and then later in life, it's like, wait a minute, I've been here. There's going to be a horse. And then there was a horse. Yes. I've had not just that one dream. I've had that. That's how I've marked uh, stages of my life where I know I'm on the right track. Because oh. I will have a dream that sticks in my head. It's very plain. I'll be like, God, that's weird. I'll think about it. It'll keep coming up. I'll keep being, like somehow being reminded of it. And then say like six months in the future, I'm at this. I'm now I'm sitting in this Italian restaurant from the dream that I'd never seen before. And suddenly, oh, here's this very tall waiter that was in the dream. Oh, and it what? all happened. Is it ever? And, has it ever been a dream where it's like about... Uh, achieving something or something positive happening and then you oh wow that's honestly how I came up with the theory that it was basically I started thinking of it as like road markers in my in the way like the life I wanted to achieve that if this like the when the dream happens then I'm like okay so this is what I should be doing this is I'm in I'm on the right track wow yeah that's amazing there was a many years where i I felt like I didn't dream or I know dreams are happening, but the minute I wake up, I try and remember them and it's gone. So I, I wasn't remembering dreams, but I have been lately remembering them and mm-hmm. trying to write. And I, that attention. feels better. It, it feels like a wasted life if you don't remember your dreams. That's like half your life not being recorded because <laughs> <laughs> we're there asleep a, so much. Like there was a recurring dream I had where it was one long, really long highway there was just two lanes and it, the dream starts from the top of one hill going down toward a mountain or mountain range. And I can see the highway the whole way to the mountain range. And then up ahead, there's a place you can pull off. That's like a strip mall. And I I've been to that strip mall probably 10 times. And every time I go, it, something different happens where I'm like, up, oh, here we go. Now we go. Now it's the strip mall. One time it's really upsetting and it's a, we all have to grab as much stuff as we can and get back into the car and go. Sometimes it's like, ooh, I never been in this clothing store before. Yeah, and it's like wow. a different experience every time. But I, in the dream, and it doesn't always happen. This is like special occasion, but I become lucid enough to go, ah, we're here again. Let's see what happens this time. Let's go into Jay Jacobs here. <laughs> the first name <laughs> in fashion. <laughs> yes. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I, dreams are important. A lot of people put, emphasis or importance on dreams my whole life and i've i've always blown it off because i felt a little confronted by the fact i didn't remember my dreams but 
Um, I have been lately, and it it's a good I, it's a good thing. I don't have nightmares anymore. I yeah, that's I, good. Those are a thing of the past. It seems. I had the last time I had a nightmare. It wasn't I because I almost have never had nightmares except for a couple really specific, and they were like this one nightmare I had one time, and I know it's so boring to actually talk about dreams. But I had a dream that some there was a killer being chased right behind my parents' house because my parents behind their house is just kind of like kind of big rolling hills. Uh And it was like searchlights, uh, police dogs, uh, blah, 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 all these things. And it was me and my grandpa walking behind the, the police chasing down this killer. And so we came up upon this guy getting wrestled to the ground and um his and handcuffed uh-huh. and when he came up and turned around he had filed all his teeth down to just like little things but every single tooth okay now is that not about your the terror tales of terror or whatever the knife lady with the voodoo doll oh yeah, yeah the tr- the trilogy of terror yeah, it yeah. Prob- that's probably where the visual is from the teeth the oh nail the Little but, nubs of teeth. Uh, Jacob's ladder too. There's a there's a flash of some teeth in that. There's nothing scarier than little tiny teeth niblets. That's why yes. I was apprehensive to watch the movie Coneheads. Because <laughs> that's their little teeth. It's, it's so horrifying. Scary. But yes, Coneheads very is very scary. Movie. But also just that kind of thing where when I woke up, I was like, because it was then I realized, oh, I'm with a a 85 year old man. Like no one's going to be able to fight this guy off yeah. somehow and he clearly looked like a demon it was like not yeah. normal crime yeah it was amazing because yeah so one thing my dad and i have in common is we will both have dreams where we are not in it no one recognize occasionally someone's face for a second will become someone you know and then they turn to someone else but usually it's dreams like a boring movie and you're just watching these actors that you've made up in your head Mm-hmm. They're just new faces, and they're they're just talking about business in a restroom and where they got a sweater. And it's like, and then I wake up and I'm like, did I really just have a dream <laughs> about two guys talking about a sweater in a bathroom? But like, I think it's good, right? That there's nothing in your subconscious that's being worked out that's really up. Because I used to have a recurring dream of driving in a big Bronco with big, huge wheels, like a high up kind of like jacked up car and driving downhill and like laughing and then turning and looking and no one was driving no one was in the driver's seat that's a and that's awesome dream (laughs) that's like (laughs) that's what every rushing downhill so then i was like yeah things i'm sure that's before (laughs) i stopped drinking where i was had a reoccurring dream of being in an unmanned monster truck (laughs) yes going downhill downhill. and then having to like realize it have almost have a heart attack then try to get into the driver's seat and put the brakes on and of course there are many many times where i had dreams where you're pu- you're pushing on the brakes and pulling the steering oh wheel. sure sure yeah that, yeah yeah anyway. that's maybe what that dream is based in that's a reoccurring dream for other people might be might be a little the bit brakes about- become the gas <laughs> classic dream okay uh, next stress, maybe should we do one, one more question or yeah yeah, that's perfect. For the record, I only have nightmares, so I don't know what that says about really? me. Really? Yeah. I mostly have like, I do, I have a lot of sleep paralysis sometimes too. That's tough. Well, thank <laughs> God I never was a walker. I had friends. I had a friend. I was sharing an attic with a friend. I don't know. The rent was cheap. But one night I looked up and he 
He thought he was going to the bathroom. I think a lot of drunk people do this. He thought yeah. he was going to the bathroom, and I was watching him. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, going to the bathroom. And then he stopped in front of a pile of clothes that he just <laughs> washed, his own clothes, and he peed no. on his clothes. Yeah. 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 Kevin Marks, if you're... Oops, I said his name. Oh, Sorry, buddy. That's but not Kevin cool. Marks, ha ha, Kevin, you pissed on your clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. Now everyone knows it. Uh Kevin, you're not alone. I had a boyfriend that one time we went to a wedding. Everyone got insanely shit faced, but me because it was after I stopped drinking. And th- this guy that I was dating at the time, uh, my friends got him really drunk on Jameson whiskey. So he was like out of his mind drunk. And he uh. woke up in the middle of the night, opened one of my drawers and peed into my drawer. And I woke up and there was like slapping him <laughs> on the back like you're peeing and that, that you're not in the bathroom he was out of his mind my favorite thing about people that the, these pee walkers will call them <laughs> is that is that when you call them out they're still sort of awake yeah and they they're in their dream world so they're in their mind you're just going stop it you're going in a drawer but they're like no i'm not i'm a, i'm yeah. in front of an imaginary toilet quit slapping me they, yeah, they're totally in a bathroom that suddenly then another person is in the bathroom with them slapping them. Oh, God, this just yeah. makes me want to get drunk. That's great. I miss whiskey <laughs> so much. I miss whiskey like the best boyfriend that broke up with me. <laughs> it was the best boyfriend and it did break up with me. Whiskey. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Um, so this question's from Ken Zalila. She said, oh, are, are you Kenzalila? Kenzalila, yeah. Are you a corner to corner or a straight down the middle sandwich person? <laughs> oh, I wow. Karen, you want to take this? I will. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> I <laughs> well, I made a bunch of when I was staying with my sister just this last month. We she is like you know, a lot of people, by the way, not to interrupt, but a lot of people thought it was really funny when she was slamming cupboards in the <laughs> like you call her and she like maybe didn't even know you were recording. She's just yes. looking for something that yeah, was that was, was a just, big hit. Everyone she loved was it. Walking around the kitchen. Yeah, that yeah. was. <laughs> and she also was like, do not put me on that. Podcast. Oh, I know. Like, yeah, we know I better. Know. Remember, she came in on speakerphone. <laughs> yes, that right. was that did car. not end. With a conversation. She is. It's the strangest thing in the world how m- not interested in performing in any way she is when it's all I want to do. 20%. Yeah, yeah. It's very strange. We're complete opposites. But at her house, like she's their big sandwich family. So like making sandwiches is like basically what you did every day for lunch. So I got very into this question. It's funny, Kenzalila, that this would come up like this because... I I discovered for myself straight down the middle is the most delicious sandwich when I'm making my very favorite sandwich it, right. because it's it's the most um, user friendly. It gets you right to the goods. Right. And you don't have to worry about like, I think that the corner to corner. That's um, for grilled cheese. Yes. Good. Corner Thank to corner is grilled cheese. You know, it's consistent. It's the same shit throughout. You, it's kind of fun to start with that that acute angle the sharp and just stick it in like a food knife but if you're if it's sandwich that has oh my mouth is watering i know mine uh, too if it has like you know cucumbers and and then cheese and then meat and it's all stacked yeah you want to hit that uh, as a surface of a, a night and get everything all at once so it's, it's yeah. hard to get that in a corner 
Yeah, you can't. The, and also the corner gives you too much crust at once. Sure. It's, it's whereas you, when you do straight down the middle, you're going right into the interior guts and the crust is uh, much more parenthetical than. Yeah. If you the corners are. You have to. I guess that's not true. You still have the middle part. But well, yeah, there, but it no uh, a tuna melt or you know something where it's a substance on it, or like when my mom made me cat food sandwiches. <laughs> it's you know what's going to be there, and you might yeah. as well just eat the corner. The if it's a bunch of ingredients, it has to be down the middle. Yeah, it has to be down the middle. And also, I think the what I like is either ideally for me it's a turkey sandwich that's on some kind of a baguette mm-hmm. so that th- that's a different thing altogether kind right. of because what it doesn't matter how you slice it you're still there's so much crust you're, and bread is such a big element right and you're still but, pulling it from a basket on a bicycle and my beret is still on <laughs> everything's working <laughs> but when i have to use soft bread for a turkey sandwich You'd, it's too flappy if you go diag. You have you, to go down the middle and hold everything together. I hate flappy I bread. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that your nickname in high school? Yeah, Fla- yeah, yeah. Flappy? God, thank God. Yeah, they called me flappy white bread. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't, thank God that didn't catch on. Uh, also, I, I'd like to thank everyone for calling me CJ and Gooseneck lately. Oh. I, that's really... it. It's it means a lot to me, and let's keep it going. Have you met these adults that can't have? They have to have their crust cut off, and they're forty years old. No, those people are walking around wearing suits and going to work and paying bills. No, thanks. This is the same thing. We've I have we're we're having fun, and so we're going long, but we should wrap it up. Yes, let's wrap it down. Let's wrap it down. Let's wrap it up. Let's ship it off and make sure it's not late. And keep it loose. <laughs> like a goose. You've been listening to Do You Need a Ride? D-Y-N. A-R. <laughs> are you leaving or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter how much baggage you claim. Give us a time and date. Terminal and we want to send you off in style We want to welcome you back home Tell us all about it Were you scared or was it fine? Mouthhorn Uh, with Karen and Chris.